Welcome to the Movement Church in Orange County, California. We believe that today's message will inspire you, challenge you, and raise your faith that God is up to something big in your life. Let's jump into today's message. In fact, can you do me a favor? Let's greet our friends and family that are online. We're so glad that you're with us. Come on, Movement Church. We got people that are tuning in all over the world, legitimately. We've got people that are watching in Clapham, London, right now. And so we're glad that you tuned in with us. And uh, we're excited about what God's going to do. For those of you in the family room, it's so good to have you here. We are diving into week two. Everyone say week two of our series called Thirsty. Oh, thank you. Say that again. Say thirsty. Does my voice make you feel a little thirsty? Y'all pray for me. I can't get this stinking cough to go away. I think it's Megan. I think she's doing something to me when I sleep. Or it could be the demoralizing defeat of the Cowboys last week. It could be either of the above. Did y'all pray for your pastor when that was going down? A lot of you texted me, but you weren't kind with your text. But that's okay. I can handle it because I've got Packers fans here today that are feeling the same way. Can I get an amen? We're in a series. It's, uh, it's called Thirsty. And it's based on a scripture in Matthew, but I, I, before I dive in, I just want to do just one piece of business if I can. Um, there's nothing quite like making a personal sacrifice so that it brings hope to somebody else. And uh, you're here, we, I know you don't know this, but we don't own this property. Um, we let the school use it during the week, but we, we get to come in here on the weekends, which by the way, we looked at two buildings on Friday. We'll be praying. We're praying. So God's doing the right thing. But there's an army of, of men and women who show up to set up these, the walls and the stage and the kids area and the signs and the banners. And, and, and they are selfless. They get up a little earlier. They come here and they, they do it with a smile on their face. They don't talk to each other because it's still early. Can I get an amen? <laughs> and uh, they're called the crew. And we, I was just talking to one of our team members and they said that we, if we had four people jump on the crew, it would be a game changer. And some of you that are in this room, and this is wobbly, some of you that are in this room, you could do that. Now, they serve on a rotation every other week, either set up or tear down. It's about an hour and a half to an hour and 45 max on the setup, but usually a little shorter, about 45 minutes on the tear down. And if, you, if you've got any extra time, which I know you don't, but maybe a little extra heart, and you'd be willing to jump on a team. It would be a game changer. Will you shake your neighbor and say he's talking to you right now? That'd be great. So you can text something. What can they text? Look at that. Can we give it up for the production team right now? Text the word team, and uh, it would be a game changer. For, we see four people. Now you pick a rotation. It's not every week, and uh, you'll have a lot of fun, so it'd be cool. Does that sound good? Are you all ready to dive into the word? I, I, if you missed last week, I, I'm sorry, you got to go back and listen because I don't have time to go into the fullness of the setup. So a sermon series is like a book and each week is a chapter that builds upon it. And so uh, we're, we're in this series that is based on Matthew 5 that says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, say hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And the, the, the title of the series is called Thirsty because we want to be thirsty after righteousness, after the things of God. And, and inside every human is a spirit. You could call it 
Uh, you could call it a will, like the will. You could call it your heart, not the organ, but like the, the actual, the, the place where, it's the place where choices are made. And the spirit of every human is the, it's the CEO of you as a person. And every human has six dimensions to who we are. And you know that because it's, I'm, I might be 3D. I've got a height, a width, and a depth to me. But there's a depth on the inside that is far beyond the physical of what you can see. And those six dimensions are spirit, mind, which includes both thoughts and feelings, your soul, your body, and your social context. And last week we talked about how to walk in righteousness is a spiritual transformation because my spirit is saved, but I still am a human and I'm flawed. And so God's given me a new being, not like a, like a ghost, but spiritually he's made me new. And now my life is about aligning my spirit with the spirit of God. Are you with me? And that's called transformation. So some of you feel stuck in your life or you feel like you're not moving anywhere spiritually and it might be because you've not allowed the dimensions of who you are to be aligned with the spirit of God. Are you with me? Three of you. Are you with me? Thank you. So we're talking in this series about how to align each dimension of our life with the spirit of God so that we can walk in righteousness and be bold as lions. So let me pray one more time, and then we'll dive into this thing. God, we just thank you that you showed up in a profound way already. We thank you even for the songs that we were singing that were declaring your goodness, but also even just thinking of the story of our friends, Royce and Elisa, who just got to sign the paperwork of the adoption. God, what started out as a tragedy of a child being ripped from a family turned into something beautiful in the adoption into a lovely family with the community of faith surrounding them. And God, that's what you do. You're in the business of exchanging the horrible things that we walk through and transitioning it into something beautiful. So Father, right now I pray that as a church, our hearts would be aligned as we work on transforming our spirit and our life into the likeness of who you are. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Well, today we're going to unpack our thoughts. We're going to talk about the dimension of our thoughts. Now remember, when it comes to our mind, we're not talking about the organ of your brain. We're talking about the mind where both thoughts and feelings occur. And we're starting here because this is probably where the greatest potential for change can take place. It's also terrifying because it is the place that you can keep hidden from every single human on the planet. Imagine if I had like a, a USB chip that I could plug into your ear and instantly every thought you've thought or are thinking currently popped up on the LED wall. You would run out of here like a bat out of whatever that place is called. Are you with me? Like I can tell some of the thoughts you're thinking because of the RBF that's taking place right now. <laughs> Christians call it RJF, resting jerk face. Some of y'all just need to, everybody just smile for a minute. 
we were at a tournament for my daughter for volleyball this week, and I, I don't know if you've ever been to a volleyball tournament, but the, the gym runs at about 120 decibels for 17 hours straight, and you're screaming, which is also probably why I can't speak today. And after about three matches, you look over at the parents' faces, and most of them look like you. They're like this. <laughs> so I'm the cheerleader there, Megan, and I know that's surprising to you. And I get up, and I turn to the families, and I go, hey, parents, smile. And they go, oh, and they kind of adjust their posture. So try that again. Everybody smile for me. There it is. It looks so beautiful. Our thoughts, we can hide them from everyone. And it's in our thoughts where we first turned away from God. When you look back to the Garden of Eden, when the devil met Eve, what the devil did was presented a thought to her. He said, did God really say? A thought immediately popped into Eve's mind, and it was from the birthplace of her thought that her choices followed, which contributed to the fall of humanity. But what's beautiful about the fact that the thought is where we first turn from God, it's in our thoughts that we can turn back to God and the renovation of the heart begins. Thought is where change begins. In fact, our greatest freedom as humans, listen to me, is the power to choose what we allow or force our minds to dwell upon. This is your greatest freedom as a human. Look at me in my eyes. You choose, you don't choose every thought because sometimes thoughts just pop into your mind, but you choose what thoughts you allow to stay in your mind or what thoughts you will meditate on. Are you tracking? You're not totally free in that you can't choose every thought. Sometimes they pop into your mind, but you choose what you meditate on, which means that thoughts determine the direction of everything that I do, from evoking feelings that frame my world to motivating my actions. Thoughts and feelings always go hand in hand. You never have a thought without a feeling, whether it's positive or negative, whether it's attracted to the thought or repulsed by the thought. Now, I don't choose my feelings, but I can steer my feelings by how I direct my thoughts. Are you tracking? I'm able to envision and differentiate between fact and fiction. My thoughts paint the canvas of my choices. I can plan with my thoughts for the future by looking beyond reality. You do this daily. You have a dream for a future that doesn't exist. You live in the dimension of now, but you think about, plan for the future, and it all starts with your, what? Thoughts. Here's the scary part. My thoughts set the boundaries for what my spirit chooses. Choice originates in your spirit. Your spirit is the command center, the CEO of the person of who you are, and it is my thoughts that set the boundaries. Now, My spirit doesn't have to obey my thoughts. Jesus said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. If you've ever been trying to control what you're eating and then you go to a donut store, your spirit says, don't eat that, don't eat that, don't eat that, especially if it's that, what's that place in San Juan, something flannels? JD, holy, don't go there. 
because your body going to feel it, but it is delicious. Are you with me? So your thoughts are creating the boundaries of what your spirit chooses. For instance, perhaps there's a season where you've been stuck financially, and, and we're approaching April 15th, and you're looking at things, or maybe you have a tax guy or gal or whatever, or you're doing TurboTax, and you find a way to fudge some numbers. And it's not a blatant lie, but it's definitely not the truth. And then in your thoughts, you play it forward to think, what will the real ramifications or consequences be? And then you weigh out whether or not you're willing to deal with the consequences. April 15th comes, you fudge the numbers, you feel like it's worth it, you pull the trigger, and now you're a liar and a cheater. It's harsh. But it's truth. You just set a new boundary for your spirit. So next year, April 15th, what's it going to be very easy to do? The same thing. Are you all tracking now? Yeah. And it all originates in our thoughts. Wow. Which means that my thoughts influence my spirit and choice, which determines what I do and who I become. Pretty powerful stuff. Right, right now, you're, you're having a myriad of thoughts go through your mind, ranging from, man, I wish Pastor Kerry's throat would get fixed, it's annoying to listen to him, to <laughs> what am I eating for lunch? And I had one lady tell me, I love coming to your sermons because it's the only time I don't make a grocery list while I'm listening to preaching. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> you're wrestling with some of the things that I've said. You're not sure if you want to believe or agree. That's, all these are okay. You're just thinking thoughts. And every thought that you have has got a feeling attached to it. And it's forming your spirit, wow. which is going to determine who you become. Okay, I don't have enough time to preach this message today because Megan preached a message, but it was good, so we'll let it pass. But there's a feeling attached to a thought that she just had. It's not going to go well for me later, I'll tell you that right now. Last week, somebody told me, because I moved up to this mic, I'm on pro level with Megan for finally. I was like, well, my God, okay, great. I knew Megan was a standard. I didn't know the mic was the only thing that they needed, but now we're here. So think about this. I have so many notes to get to. You, you had a billion things happen in your life this week, and they culminated in, in a moment for you. Some of you pre-decided to come to church. Some of you were on the fence today. And then you show up, and you cannot, you don't get to go like, okay. It just, it doesn't work. You don't. You don't shut off your thoughts, do you? You, you? Your thoughts are running consistently. And, and then you show up to a service, and the music begins. And just think about how you decide to respond. It's the reason that we do worship, not because we need to kick the service off with some music and energy, but it's adjusting my thoughts because of all the crap that went on this week. Are you with me? And that's forming 
who I am. Dallas Willard says that worship and being able to engage in worship is the greatest sign of spiritual maturity because it's where I take everything that's happening in, in my thoughts and in my feelings and in my spirit and I realign my, my mind to where God is and I say, Holy Spirit, make me more like you. This is a house of miracles. Even if I don't feel like I'm walking through a miracle, there's a miracle happening right here. Brooks, come up here for me. I've got to preach faster, and you'll help me. So let's talk about the different layers of thought, because the goal of this is that we're allowing a transformation to take place here, because this is such a massive driver for my spirit, which is shaping and forming who I become, which we talked about last week, how your spirit is being formed, and it's being formed by your choices and your experiences. So it's like a a symbian circle, again, to pull a phrase from Star Wars. It, it is, it's, it's being formed. It's being shaped. And you see that if you have kids because the way that you display love at your home is forming the way that they'll display love as they get older. My dad was not a hugger kind of guy, and he didn't say, I love you a lot. He loved me, but it was you know, interesting how he would show it. And and as a result, we decided in our home that our home is going to be a place where we hug every day. We hug every morning. We hug every night. If you're around Avery, we hug 24-7. She's like, just walks up and she's like. <laughs> she always touches my love handles, but it's okay. I'll get past it. So what am I? It's forming how she feels love, and it will form how she expresses love. If you know my youngest daughter, Avery, she's going to probably give you a hug. She's at least going to fist bump you. So all of your choices and your experiences are shaping your spirit, which is driving you, and what is driving your spirit is your thoughts. And your thoughts are comprised of four different components. You have ideas, images, information, and your ability to think for yourself. I want to run through this very fast. So ideas, generally speaking, are these models or calculations of us, your assumptions of reality. They're patterns of interpretation developed through experiences and shared socially. They can incorporate beliefs, but they may not. For instance, if you are cut off in traffic, your thoughts about that individual are being shaped by what has happened or taken place in your day. If you woke up and you stubbed your toe in the morning and then the coffee maker wasn't working and then you got a call from so-and-so and you're off to a horrible start, and then somebody cuts you off on that, while you're getting onto the five, you want to ram the back of their car, can I get an amen, or give them the one finger wave, don't do that, I don't think you should do that, apparently y'all do, so don't do, you see what I'm saying, right, so it's being shaped in, in the context of what's happening in your everyday life, but there's also shared ideas, or ideals, anthropologists call, call these shared ideas, uh, that they shape who we are as a culture, but you get as an American, we have the shared ideal of, of freedom. We have the shared ideal of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's called the what? The American dream. We have the shared idea that every child should have access to an education. We have, we have a shared idea that we should be able to choose the people who represent us as a government. Are you with me? So there's shared ideas, but there's also ideas that are happening on a constant basis in our mind, and these thoughts influence our spirit, our spirit drives, so transforming our thoughts are huge, 
but there's also images. And images are these concrete or specific notions. In contrast with ideas which can be abstract, images are, are encompassed usually with feeling as well. And they are fueled by my perception. Images are, I'm not talking about a picture, it's like the what should be or what ought to be. And you all have an image. For instance, you have an image of what you think success should look like. And you're driving it towards that. Or maybe, for instance, you're, you're a stay-at-home mom and, and you have a, a thought or an idea that I should do some arts and crafts for my kids. And then I get on social media and I see a, a TikTok influencer who has like the arts and crafts that would make Michaels go crazy. And they're like, oh my God, how, I, that must be who I should become. Are you with me? I have an image, not just of doing arts and crafts, but I have an image now of what a stay-at-home mom should look like. So we have ideas and we have images. And it's right here in the mix of the ideas and images where temptation has its heyday. In the Garden of Eden, the enemy showed up to Eve with a thought, did God really say? And he followed it with an image that was, you will surely not die. So in temptation, Eve is wrestling with the idea that maybe God is wrong and not to be trusted, and the image that maybe there is a better life for me, but I have to take it. Are you tracking? This is the construction of all temptation. God is presented as depriving me by his commands of what is good. What he said in the Bible can't be accurate. It's archaic. It's out of date. I'm creating an image now of what I think is good. Are you with me? Which impacts my spirit, which is where all choice is made. This image of God leads to us pushing him out of our thoughts. This image of God has led to our current culture pushing him out of the culture. And spiritual transformation is a total exchange of both our ideas and images for his ideas and images. Does this make sense? Ideas and images, but they're also information. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. You have to be informed of thoughts. You receive information on a regular basis. And if you don't have information, you can't think or ponder. You get that. But then you have to question, what information am I getting? And is it the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? If all you're listening to is CNN, you're getting, being fed a certain type of information. If all you're listening to is Fox News, you're being fed a certain type of information. If all you're receiving is Instagram and TikTok, if you're still on Facebook, that's fine, then you're receiving a certain, if you're on MySpace, get out of my church, you're a creeper. But, but you're receiving a certain type of information. So you have to ask yourself, what is the source of your information? And then you have the ability to think for yourself. So you get thoughts that pop into your mind, you hear information, you have images, but you choose what you meditate on. You choose what you ponder. 
you, you decipher between truth and lies and, and meaning and ideas and images and information, and they, you decide how you allow that to influence and choose how you think right now you're thinking for yourself. You're deciding, do I agree with what Pastor Kerry is saying? Here's the challenge. There's some dangers in our thought life. I, I hope this is making sense. There's dangers in our thought life. The first is pride. The scariest thing about pride is it's the hardest thing to see in yourself. It's the easiest thing to see in someone else. We don't like to be around cocky, arrogant people. But it's really easy to be blind to pride in our own life. The other scary thing is that those scriptures says that we can humble ourselves or God's going to humble us. So if you see someone who's struggling with pride, you don't have to worry about them. God's going to take care of them. But pride is the notion that I've already know all the truth. It's the idea and the image that my idea and my image is accurate, which means that you, teachability is the antidote to pride, which means you need a, a godly mentor. Look at me and ask, you need a godly mentor. Now, I'm not speaking some secular humanistic like, let's get our thoughts right, we're going to be better people. No, that's garbage. Because if my life isn't built upon the truth of God's word, then it's still just me supplementing God's ideas and God's images for mine. It's called self-worship. Thank you, David. So I need a godly mentor, somebody who's a little further down the road for me spiritually, who can kind of go, hey, maybe you shouldn't head that direction. Are you tracking Another danger in our thought life is not knowing the truth. Not knowing the truth. Jesus called himself the truth, and he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will what? Don't, we, you know, we, we live in a crazy time, but, but can I just tell you, you need a routine of reading the scripture. Yeah, I... I get so frustrated with feeling I need to give that a disclaimer because it seems so fundamentally elementary, and that's because it is. It's, it's as essential to you as breathing. You li- you listen to what I'm saying and don't hear what I'm not saying. You need a daily routine of reading the scripture. And we can help you. We have resources for you. It's why we exist as a church. Joshua says this. This is God speaking to him, and I love the message paraphrased in verse, chapter 1. Verse 8, he says, and don't for a minute let this book of Revelation be out of your mind. For a minute, don't for a minute. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure that you practice, that the choices you make are coming from the thoughts of your mind that are founded on the truth of God's word. Make sure you practice everything written in it. Then you will get where you're going. Then you will succeed. It's by definition the setting of my mind on the things of God's spirit and not my own images and ideas, which means you need to know the scripture, you need to memorize the scripture, and you need to rehearse the scripture. Spiritual transformation is not just thinking good thoughts. You cannot walk as a follower of Jesus by sheer will alone. If that was the case, we'd all have six packs. Woo! Can I get an amen? 
I have one. It's just under a lot of things. You have to know what the word of God says, and you can't just think a new thought. You have to replace the thoughts. I replace, if I'm going to eat healthy, I can't just not eat garbage. I also have to eat healthy. I have to replace it. And it is not my job to replace your thoughts. So if you're dependent upon a 35-minute message at the Movement Church to fix your jacked-up soul, you are in trouble. Which means you have to be a believer every day of the week. And it's hard as hell. Yeah. This is a PG-13 service, people. It's hard. But you know what else is harder? It's allowing my thoughts to run rampant. Choosing to believe the garbage that comes through my mind or acting on it and allowing my spirit to be formed by it. The the problem is you just don't see it for years. And then you get down the road and you're like, oh my God, this is a wreck. It takes some time. Nothing good happens instantly. It takes time. I got to replace the thoughts. I got to replace the thoughts, but not just with a better podcast I listened to or something that I wrote down. I got to replace them with scripture. So, like, we're heading towards uh, an election year, and I mean, we're in an election year, and, and we're going to be getting information from political pundits and every news source and every TikTok and Instagram reel and. There's social issues, there's foreign issues, there's domestic issues, there's fiscal financial issues, and you're going to have opinions, but what is the founding principle of your opinions? I don't choose a political pundit based upon my political persuasion. I choose based upon what they stand for and the issues they have, and does it align with the word of God? If it doesn't, I don't vote for them. Now, I've never found a perfect politician because they're not the Messiah. There's only been one. There only ever will be one. He's the only one perfect. So sometimes they have issues. Well, they all have issues. Can I get an amen? The issues that they stand for, it's not all in alignment with God. And sometimes this guy or gal is like 50% there or 70% there or 30%. And this one is like 50% or 30%. So then I'm torn, but then I use my spirit and I say, God, what do you want me to do? Because he is on the foundation of my life, not what they think. Are you tracking with me? It means when you're at work and and somebody comes to you and they start griping about your boss, blah, 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 blah. And everything they're saying, you've been thinking, you're taking a shower and you're having an imaginary conversation. I'm going to tell you, don't act like you don't do it. Driving in the car, you're like, well, yeah, if you would just, you know what I'm talking about? You do that, I know you do that. And then they're saying it to you, and you're like, I've been saying that to myself. You just can't say that. You sound like a crazy person. And what's attached to your thoughts? This is not right. I should be vindicated. They did this wrong. And you can be justified. But if they come to you 
and they're talking about somebody who is not there. And that person is not there to defend themselves. I don't care if you're just listening. That's called gossip. Jesus hated that almost as much as he hated the devil. Gossip, slander, and a judgmental attitude. He was hanging out with the reprobates, and he was ticking off the religious people. My point is this. In that moment, if your life is aligned with the Spirit of God, then you go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not our boss. Why are you talking to me? I can't fix anything for you. Be bold as lions, which also means don't be a pansy, and go talk to them. And if you're not going to go talk to them, then don't talk to anybody else about it because it's nobody else's business. Can I get an amen? And this applies in all areas of life. It's more convenient to be obedient to my own thoughts and feelings. But it doesn't lead to my flourishing. It leads to repetitively being stuck. If you're feeling shame, you've you got to know what the Word of God says. Why, okay, why did I say that, that illustration about gossip and how to deal with confrontation like that? Because Matthew 18 says, if your brother sins against you, go to them. We like to escape that part. If you've got an issue with me, you've got to come talk to me. And I promise you, I'm approachable. Because I promise you, if I have an issue with you, I'm going to come talk to you. That's what we mean when we say we are fight for authenticity. Because on the other side of that threshold, you know, we find a beautiful relationship. Because we work through some crap. I'm saying words I shouldn't be saying today. I apologize to the children in the room. What about, what about when, when you wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy? Um, <laughs> Because when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. Okay. And you, you wake up, and your, your mind is flooded with thoughts of shame. Shame is the most powerful component that stops people from experiencing the fullness of God. And it's so powerful. But I can't just think better thoughts. I've got to replace them. And what do I replace it with? The word of God. It says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now nowhere in scripture am I given permission to live how I want to live. But Jesus said, no, no, I paid the price to give you a future. You're not bound by the choices of your past. When I wake up and I feel a spirit of fear, and usually that fear has some level of anxiety attached to it. And I'm overwhelmed and I'm meditating on all the possible problems. I can't just go, I'm not going to think about that today. That doesn't ever work. I can't just go, I'm not going to feel that way today. It doesn't work. I have to replace my thoughts with God's thoughts for me. And I know that God has not given me a spirit of fear so if it's fear, it's not from God, which means it's a lie from the pit of hell, and he has no authority in my life 
because God told me what he's given me. He's given me a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. But if you don't know the word, then when the thought happens, you won't replace it with the word of God. Are you tracking? So you got to know the scripture, memorize the scripture, and speak the scripture. When you're feeling doubt, you just read Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. He said it to him four times. Why? Because he knew just like you and me, we'd forget it sometimes. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He was talking to Joshua and simultaneously talking to you, Joel. And simultaneously talking to you, Josh. And simultaneously talking to you, Megan. Because he knew the same enemy that Joshua was up against is the same enemy we're up against today. And if we're not careful, we won't fight the battle in our mind and we'll lose before we even get to the battlefield. God didn't stop there with Joshua. He said, not only that, wherever the sole of your shoe goes, I will give you that land. I'm not preaching some name it and claim it gospel. I'm just saying replace the garbage thoughts that you already have with the word of God. That's transforming your mind. Holy Spirit, make me more like Jesus. That's what it is. Holy Spirit, make me more. Now, your life won't get perfect. Anyone who tells you that is probably got a multi-level marketing company they're trying to pitch you. (laughs) And if you're into that, cool, I'm I'm here for it, but don't talk to me. I'm not going to sign up. You're still going to face challenges, but you face challenges every day. The problem is most of us succumb to the pain and pressure of our thoughts, which are garbage, so why not face the challenges with some healthy thinking? I'm preaching better than you're amening right now. I I got so much more to go, but we don't have time. My my hope and my, I don't know why I sound so angry. I can tell you why I sound angry, and I'm just trying to wrestle with my feelings last week and this week, and because I think the enemy has a grip on some of your minds. I watched this documentary on Netflix, um, and it got some young ears in here, so I'll be careful. It was a couple, and there was a home invasion, and uh, the home invasion led to uh, the woman being abducted, and uh, the police obviously went, just grilled the man, what'd you do, What, what happened, what really happened? built a case, held him captive for 18 hours, and he's like, no, they, they sent me a ransom note, and they're going to call me again, turn his phone off, put it on airplane mode, because they were convinced he was the guy. And then she shows up 48 hours later, and then they grilled her, you're faking this. This is like Gone Girl, the movie or the book, and you're making this whole thing up for attention or whatever, and they grilled him and grilled him and grilled him, and they investigated and investigated and investigated, and they blew them up all. It was 2015. They, in nationally known news is assassinating their culture. Ten months later, a guy was arrested 45, 40 miles away and found, after in, you know, invading his home, found evidence that proved that he was the one who broke into the home originally. He pled guilty to assault and kidnapping 
and the cops never went after any of the evidence towards anyone other than the couple because they were convinced that they knew the truth. I'm not here to, to bag on cops. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't have done something differently. I'm just saying they were convinced. These were the guilty parties. And the way that the enemy works is he will have you convinced that the way you're thinking is the only way it could possibly be. There's no way you're ever going to change. There's no way you're going to get out of this ditch. You've been in it for months, weeks, years, and that's a lie from the pit of hell. You're never going to see success. You're going to be as poor as your family was. You're going to struggle with addiction just like your so-and-so did. You're going to have an addiction to porn. You're going to do this. You're going to be a horrible husband, a horrible father. It doesn't matter. The enemy wreaks havoc, but it doesn't sound like some demonic force. It sounds like your thoughts. And God's going, I have so much more for you. But you have to exchange your thoughts with mine. Let me tell you what I think of you. I look at you as a son or daughter. I've adopted you and brought you into my family. I sent my one and only son that if you just believe, you don't have to get it perfect, you just got to believe. Just believe. Then I'm going to pave a road to heaven. And while you walk on this earth, you'll have trials, you'll have tribulations, you'll have challenges, but you will also see victory. You will also know peace. You will also experience joy and fulfillment. But man, you got to win the battle right here first. You got to win the battle right here first. Amen? I got to land the plane. Some meat to chew on for the week. Don't miss next week. We're going to talk about feelings. Don't miss next week. But don't let this stop here. You got to know the scripture. You got to memorize the scripture. If you need a scripture to memorize, Joshua 1 9, just start there. Say it every time you're feeling discouraged. Every time a thought shows up in your mind, Joshua 1 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord my God is with me wherever I go. Yeah. You got to speak some scripture and replace some thoughts with God's thoughts for you. Amen. Amen. How many of you are just be honest with me? Just go, you know, I've got some work to do with replacing some thoughts. Would you raise your Thank you, thank you. Let's, let me pray for us. We'll land this plane as fast as we can, but let's just pray. God, we just thank you that you're here. Thank you for, thank you for loving us exactly where we're at. Thank you for creating a life for us that supersedes and is superior to anything we could possibly imagine or want or dream of. Thank you for having great thoughts towards us, God, but we struggled with this. I struggle with this on a, not just a daily basis, but on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. I just forget what your word says about me, and I, I just fall prey to just the unhealthy thoughts of God. Help me to not just think good thoughts, but to replace my thoughts with your thoughts for me. That's what I pray for our people today, that we're being transformed. A renovation of the heart is taking place as we're becoming disciples who are walking in righteousness. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, thank you for being patient with me. I'm almost finished, but I don't ever end a service without giving you an opportunity 
to begin a journey with Jesus. Because it doesn't matter if you have information about this, if you haven't first started with God. And it's not just the idea of God, it's not just an image of God, it's not church membership, it's not getting rid of your past, but it's actually choosing to start with God by believing that Jesus did what he said he did. And in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer, and that prayer can be a holy moment for you, right where you're seated. So if you're here and you've never begun this journey with Jesus, when I pray, make my prayer your own in a small whisper of the quietness of your own heart. Some of you are in this room, you've been running from God. Today, I feel like God is just kind of knocking on the door of your heart, just saying, hey, would you let me back in? When I pray that prayer, why don't you just make it your own? Would you do me a favor one more time? Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking, nobody moving. If you're here and you just say, you know what? I got to start that journey today. Or it's time to begin again for the first time in a long time, whether you're in the room, the family room, or online. Why don't you just make this prayer your own? Just say, dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me, that you've given me purpose, but I'm not perfect. Would you forgive me? And now just make this statement your own. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Head still bowed, eyes still closed, nobody moving or looking around. Would you do me a favor if you prayed that prayer with me for the first time or the first time in a long time? In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I get there, would you just put your hand up and put it right back down? You're saying, Pastor Kerry, I prayed that prayer. I'm starting that journey. If that's you, on the count of three, lift your hands up. Ready? One, two, three. Put your hands up right now. Wow, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, wow, wow. Anyone else? God, we just thank you for what you're doing in this place. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, come on, Movement Church. Can we give a round? What a message. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer... Connect with us by texting Jesus to 949-267-3242. And if you're local to Orange County, be sure to check us out on Sundays. You can get all the information at theocmovement.com.